and this is your friendly neighborhood podcast about living in Iraq. Where we both lived for combined 11 years. That's right. So we know all the things. Except for the things we bring in the guests for. So this week we have a special guest. Um, our very first male guest. Welcome, Steve. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> um, and as we talked about in our previous podcast, Steve is going to talk to us about language learning and specifically Kurdish. But you speak other languages too, right? Some German, yeah. And English. And English. Yes. Yeah, okay. Southern English. Oh, good. Just making sure. Yeah. Um, Just so y'all know. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, so I guess we'll start with, uh, can you kind of explain, well, maybe we should start with explain why we're talking to you, of all people. <laughs> I mean, Colleen speaks some Kurdish, I speak some Kurdish, but you are a little bit more into Kur- Kurdish than us. So Yeah, I mean, I, I love the language, and I love languages in general. Mm-hmm. Took a couple of years of German in high school, and and then, of course... When we decided we wanted to be with Kurds, it was just a natural thing to to want to learn the language. So, so how long have how you long? been yeah. learning Kurdish? <laughs> well, I'm almost ashamed to say because I don't know it as fluently as I'd like to, but I've been studying it for almost 23 years now. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so that's... That should be perfect, but... That's why you win over either of us. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, you've actually, like really like study like have you ever gone to classes or used I had, textbooks i had one class uh actually here uh there was a tutor from a local language school that helped us and yeah i've had textbooks from um a worker over in kurdistan all right yeah. um so do you know like the history of the kurdish language like what or maybe just like what family group is it in as far as language yeah, I think most people would be surprised to know that it's not related to Arabic. Oh, really? Arabic is a Semitic language. Kurdish is an Indo-European language. So it's actually closer, I think, to us than it is to Arabic. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, of course, if you're in Iraq or even, I guess, Iran to Syria, where they speak Kurdish, they borrow a lot of words from Arabic, just like they do from Turkish and from Farsi and from English. Mm-hmm. Just like we borrow words from French and sure. Spanish and everything. So, Is there, like, pure Kurdish? Or at this point, is it just kind of kind of like English that we just kind of steal other languages' words? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in my experience, it's been mostly a mixed thing. Although... Um, if you talk to some Kurds, and I'm sure you guys have as well, um, a lot of people would say Harami, which mm-hmm. is spoken along the border of Iraq and Iran, is the purest Kurdish, the oldest Kurdish. And I don't speak, I, th- I think I know two words of Harami, um, so that qualified me as a speaker. But <laughs> I, I would guess that even that is not today purely Kurdish. So you, Kurdish. you say you only know a couple words of Haurami. Yeah. Like, is it still Kurdish? Like, how can you have... Is it is it its own language? Or is it... How does this work with Kurdish? Well, it is Kurdish. Uh, and even, like the book that I looked at, uh, Merdad Azadi's book, which is good. I looked at some other websites and stuff like that. You know, it says it's Kurdish. Like, even when I see people on Facebook interacting in Haurami, if you know the Sarani dialect, then mm-hmm. 
you can pick up a few things, but I think they use a lot of sha sounds. Like <laughs> the two words I know are wushani and hashani. So it's not mutually intelligible, I think they okay. say. But that's true of other dialects, too. So how many dialects of Kurdish are there? Well, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> I feel like everything in yeah, Kurdish yeah, is everything. that way. Yeah, in Kurdish culture, that's the way it is. You know, everybody has their own opinion. But this book, um, which is now almost 30 years old, so it needs some updating. But I thought it was interesting that he said in here that there are only two Kurdish languages. Oh. Uh, are two primary groups, he calls them, Kurmanji and Palawani. And underneath those two, you have, like, Sorani would be part of Kurmanji, Badini would be part of Kurmanji. Oh. And then the, the Palawani would be, like, all the Gurani, um, Haurami, okay. the Zaza, those groups like that. These are ones that I have never heard of. <laughs> I mean, because the ones we dealt with the most often in northern Iraq were Sarani and Badini. Mm-hmm. Like, that's and the only ones I heard. a little bit of Kurmanji or Syrian. Oh, and I heard Kurdish. of the Haurami in, in Suli. Okay. I have but that. more than that. Yeah. I mean, too bad you're not. Video, <laughs> you could see this intricate... Uh, it's like a giant tree. ...diagram here, yeah, of... Of all the uh, the branches oh, from really? Kurmanji and Palawani, and some of them break down even to tribal languages okay. and also city. Like you have oh. one here called Sulaimani, which is where you lived, which is the dialect that I'm trying to learn. Okay. So it really does depend on who you talk to, because I was looking before we got on the air at the uh, the Kurdish Regional Government website, and they just break it down into Sarani and Kurmanji. Or the two main dialects. I call them a dialect. Uh Uh-huh. Zadi calls them languages. You know, so Uh it really does depend on who you talk to as to how they break everything down. Because I feel like Badini and Sarani, they can understand each other to some extent. So they don't feel like completely separate languages to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's the, like, the V and the W sounds that get changed out or, like, some of the letters that get dropped. Because I say Choni and you say... Chowani. So it's just and in a, Syria, they would say Chawai. So, so it's close, right. but not quite. And if you're not paying attention, you're definitely, like, you could not understand. Right. And I guess, like, if you're a Kurd from, like, a village that has only really interacted with the people in your village, and you, like, meet a Sorani speaker and you're a Badini speaker, I could see how there would be, like, misunderstanding or not kind of being like, oh, you're speaking a totally different language from me. Right. Um... Do you think the language will change as Kurds start to mix more? Yeah, probably. It was interesting, too, when I was on the uh, KRG website, the regional government website, too, they were talking about how today the Badini speakers and the Sarani speakers can either understand each other or speak to each other Mm -hmm. in both dialects. And in my experience, that's not necessarily true from the Sarani side. Right. Because... (laughs) Yeah, because, uh, you know... A lot of the television stations, well, they do have both dialects, you know, when they're doing reporting and stuff, but I've heard that the, the Sarani is the literature language, right. and so more Badini speakers can understand Sarani than vice versa. Mm-hmm. I also found yeah. that from my experience, my experience at Badini especially is really small, but that Sarani felt like a slightly simpler language. Than yeah, that's Badini. what I've heard too. And so, like, Badini had some 
gender and some verb tenses and things that Sarani didn't have. Mm. Sometimes even if I spoke Sarani, people could understand me. But when they spoke Bedini back to me, I was lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do a Facebook show every week with a Bedini speaker. And more and more every week I'm beginning to understand mm. what he's saying. But still, it's it's different enough that you really have to work at it. So. Yeah. It was interesting to move from a Sarani-speaking village, city, to a Bedini-speaking city. And my brain can't always make the, like dialect switch between the two. Um, I definitely speak more Badini than Sarani at this point, but yeah, I remember like trying to talk to the corner groceries guy and like asking him how much something was, and he was like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I was like, but this is the Kurdish words I know! <laughs> and just getting really frustrated by it and then realizing like, oh, I left off, like, the syllable at the end that is, like, the action syllable, the action word of hmm. the sentence that hmm. in Sarani you don't need, but Badini you do, and uh, it, was a, it was a little bit frustrating to make the change over. Yeah. And then most of my American friends speak Sarani Kurdish, so I've, it's never worked for me. <laughs> well, language learning in general is not easy. So, and like when I first started learning Kurdish, I started learning Badini because oh, really? most of the refugees who were coming in here were Badini speakers. Mm -hmm. But then in 97, when more Sarani speakers came in, I decided, well, I want to relate to both of them. So I started learning both of them at the same time, and that was a disaster. Mm. Yeah. So then for some reason, I just switched to Sarani. Yeah. And you lived in Erbil, which is Sarani right. speaking. Right. Do you feel like that helped? Like, do you feel like you gained more language that way, or just being here and interacting with... Well, I mean, I was only there for five months, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'd already learned some Kurdish, but the dialect that I liked the most, and maybe it's just out of laziness, is the Suli dialect, <laughs> because they leave off letters and stuff like that. Well, and, and that works with Southern English. Right, right exactly. Yeah, so, it's pretty much the same. So I had an affinity for the, for the Suli dialect, so trying to pick up some of the things that are different in... Hilaire or mm -hmm. Beale took a little time. I lived in your house after you moved back to the U.S. And the neighbors were always like, where's Steve? His, his Kurdish is perfect. And I was <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're always uh, exaggerating things about <laughs> everything. You know, the most beautiful, the mm -hmm. biggest, the most perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> that wasn't true. Well, according but to I them, tried. it was. Yeah. Well, they were they were very upset that I didn't speak any Kurdish. So, huh. thanks for making my life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hope I left it clean, though. You did, okay. yeah. So, what about uh, written Kurdish? Are you learning that as well? Yeah, I can write, although not as beautifully as uh, as Colleen can. <laughs> Hers is perfect. Oh. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> but my English writing is terrible, too. So. <laughs> but I can write it. I can read it. And I really didn't know much about your question here, which was, how long has it been a written language? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but somebody or some place that I read said it was back in the 7th century. Mm -hmm. They started writing it. Okay. as you know Because it's related most closely to Persian, then uh, it was sort of a tweak of the Persian language when okay. they started writing it. And it was interesting, I was just thinking, another website that I looked at, the Google search that I did was Kurdish as a Written Language, so the title of this was something like 
almost the same thing. Kurdish as a written language, you go to the website, and it's all about Persian. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, which shows, again, how close it is to it, because I'm hoping to learn Farsi mm-hmm. when I get to a certain level in Kurdish, and even the, the stuff that I've learned so far, there's, uh, you know, closeness to it. Yeah, there's a lot so. of overlap. Sometimes I can understand, like, really s- small things, like numbers or the words for boy and girl hmm. in Farsi, because... If they're not the same, they're close enough that that's what it triggers in my head. Yeah. And so some of the refugee women that I've spoken to here that are, you know, speak Farsi, they're like, I was like, wait, wait, I think I just understood (laughs) that you have three boys. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Which is really exciting. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. So what uh, alphabet, we talk about it being written, what alphabet does Kurdish use? My understanding was there were three. Something I read said that there was actually a fourth but they write in Arabic script, they write in Latin script, Cyrillic, and the fourth was like an Armenian something, mm-hmm. but I don't know what script they use there. But yeah, the majority of Kurds, which are in Turkey, use the Latin script. And even though Kurds in Iraq use, and, and in uh, Iran use the Arabic script, it's not exactly just like Arabic, mm-hmm. you know. Right, there's some altered... Yeah, right. Because they have different sounds, too. Right. Because Arabic and Kurdish are both phonetically written, is that right? Right. Sort of. Arabic's less so. They um, leave out the vowels. So the Kurdish will change some of the letters sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the... To reflect that. Like, we, we call the month of fasting in Islam Ramadan, with a mm-hmm. D. Arabs would say Ramadan, I think. Mm-hmm. And Kurds don't have the sound, so they change it to a Z. Z, Yeah, so Ramazan. My favorite place where sometimes that came up is um, the Pepsi, because Arabs don't have the P sound, but the Kurds do. But because on the side of the can in Arabic it's written Bibsi, even the Kurds would pronounce it Bibsi. And then (laughs) I'm like, actually, you know, in English it's Pepsi. And they're like, oh, why did the Arabic people do this? I mean, there is a push now, I don't know how heavy it is at the moment, but to have sort of a pan-Kurdish alphabet and language, I don't know, I kind of doubt that it's going to happen, because we all know how tribal that right. culture is anyways, and right. you know they hold on to what's closest to them. And, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. sometimes it seems like uh, the choice between Badini and Sorani almost seems political, in a sense that like Badini speakers are all for this party, and Sorani speakers are all for this party. And so if I spoke to someone in Sarani, I would kind of get a like, mm, kind of look like, you don't want to speak Sarani, you want to speak Badini. It's like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I got that too when I went to the Badini speaking area mm-hmm. and, you know, spoke Sarani. They understood it, but they didn't like it. Right. They didn't, they wanted to correct it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can't imagine a pan Kurdish language being easily implemented. Yeah. I mean, right now, I think I read an article last week about them trying to make sure that both Badini and Sarani are taught in all schools so that everybody Hmm. speaks or, you know, has access to both. both. Is there even a comparison? I feel like we need to give a comparison in English between Badini and Sarani. But is there one? Well, I think Azadi in his book said it was like German and Dutch. German and Dutch. Well, no, that was the relationship between Kurdish and Persian, is okay. like German and Dutch. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's probably the same with Badini and Sarani, because, you know, there are a lot of similarities, but, you know, like Colleen was saying about the 
the gender, uh, the pronoun differences mm-hmm. and, and the two dialects is not one for one for sure. Yeah. So it's even more than like if a, a Creole speaker was trying to talk to someone from New Jersey. It's a bigger difference in language than that. Because Creole has like that French mixture into it. Yeah, I almost feel like, because there's a guy at Home Depot that is from that area, I think, and I can't hardly understand him at all. <laughs> but I think it's just the way he pronounces the mm-hmm. words. It's not that the words are different. Are different. But with the uh, Saranian and Baidini, of course, you do have a lot of different, different words. words. That's true, mm-hmm. yeah. For example, like in Sarani, for child, you would say mandal, or in Suli, they say manal. Drop the D. <laughs> Drop the D. And then Badini and Kurmanji that they speak in Turkey and Syria, they would say Zarok. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, so Not totally different. Related. Right. <laughs> so hmm. you just have to learn it. And, you know, when I was visiting refugee families here from Syria, Kurdish families, and they kept saying Zarok, 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 and I was thinking, what is that? so just had to learn it are there any um sounds in kurdish that were particularly hard for you to learn yeah they have a sound that wasn't hard at all because they had it in german which i learned uh but the biggest one for me was a rolled r and and really it if it's in the middle of the word it's even harder for me yeah or at the end of the word like the word for faith or belief bauer See, I still can't. I can't roll the R at the you end. You got it some, yeah. Bar. Yeah. And really, even some native Kurdish speakers roll it more than others do. But, you know, when you write it, there is a diacritic mark that shows that it's supposed to be rolled. Or, and I don't even know what the translation of this word is, but the word is You know, so that's even harder. Rolled R's. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so, and they also have the sound, like, uh, which is, it's hard for me, but it's not as hard as a rolled R. Mm-hmm. So if I, I guess if I had taken Spanish in high school, right. I would have had a lot easier time with that. <laughs> but maybe a harder time with the Right, right, exactly. <laughs> which is like, I feel like that's the harder sound for me are those glottal sounds that it's like, I can't, but at least it's not Arabic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So do you think... Learning German gave you some tools to learn Kurdish? Like, do you think you learned some things by learning German that helped making learning Kurdish easier? I don't know if it gave me, like, specific tools beyond knowing one sound already. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just, you know, piqued an interest in me to to learn languages. And, and it's interesting... That there's actually a connection between the German that I learned and the Kurdish that I had tried to learn later, because when I first got interested in Kurds, it was Kurds in Germany. Oh. Uh, and of course, most of them would have been speaking Kurmanji, so mm-hmm. if I would have gone at the time that I hoped to, then I wouldn't be speaking Sarani. So anyways, I just think that it helped sort of light a fire in me to... Mm-hmm. To learn language. Get your brain kind of working yeah. in that. And I've been to Germany a few times, and, you know, most of them speak English fine, but... Do you feel like immersion is the best way to learn, or it's the best way to start out, or...? For me, it would be. It's almost a crime to ask me that question, because oh. you would think after 23 years I, I would be able to teach the language, but it's because I'm not really self-disciplined very well. Mm-hmm. And because I've had plenty of other things going on, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have, like, five kids, and 
Exactly lots, five kids. Lots of stuff yeah. happening in your life. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but I was talking to a friend the other day, and when she first got introduced to Kurds, she studied language for two and a half years, you know, 12 hours a week with a tutor and in books all the time, and now she's, you know, she's great. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have been able to do that. And that, so I, in that respect, I think it is better to like mm-hmm. pour yourself into it for a certain amount of time as much as you can. Like another friend that we all know lived with a family for a year and a half in Kurdistan. So, mm-hmm. you know, can't get much better than right, that. Right, when you are forced to use it and learn it yeah. in order to survive. Yeah, and I do think, yeah, uh, these days it's a lot easier for people to because of the internet, mm-hmm. you know, and there's so many resources available online, mm-hmm. YouTube videos and Facebook and, okay. yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Kurdish word? I, I do. Papula. Papula? Yeah, it means butterfly. butterfly. Although I have told people before, um, I like to write little jingles on the side, and I thought about taking all the compound words in Sarani and making a song out of it, like, uh, Kelupel, Hichupuch, um, <laughs> Kasukar. Um, they have a lot of those. And, I, and so I guess you would say Hichupuch is a favorite word too because it just sounds. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I know Hich means nothing, Pooch means nothing. So I guess nothing and nothing means really nothing. Absolutely, so, right. absolutely nothing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. That is a great word. It's really yeah. nice to say. Yeah. I'm sure Badini has those fun words, too, but I'm, I don't know. I'm sure they do. I had a student that tried to get me to say the word judge, I think, in Badini is, like, really difficult to say. Really? Like, it's all those glottal stop uh. sounds. And he would say it to me, and I'd say it back to him, and he'd be like, no. <laughs> it's this. And I'd be like, that's exactly what I said. But there was something in there I was missing every time. Well, that's funny, because that reminds me, back in 2008, we were in Erbil for a camp, and uh, I was teaching music uh, to these kids, a particular song, and uh, I was giving instructions, and all of a sudden this little girl, probably like a foot tall, raises her hand, she says, Mr., it's not what I said, and she corrected me. It's like... (laughs) Okay. I'm trying. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, I had students correct my English when I was teaching them. And I was just like, really? that may be grammatically correct, but no one actually talks yeah. that way. Like, no. Hey, at least you were able to give your instructions in Kurdish. I don't think I ever gave instructions in Kurdish. <laughs> Not much beyond Danisha. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Or bedang, yeah. <laughs> So, what would you say are, it's like, the first five words somebody should learn in Kurdish? Hello? Stop? Uh, please? This okay. is not one word, but what's your name? All yeah. right. And then say how to ask what's your name, yeah. So, what are those? Hello? Tsoni. Or Chawani. Chawani. <laughs> Stop? Rawasta. You see how I got that rolled R at the beginning? Yeah. yeah. If it was at the end. I can do it. Um, I think the other word that I know for stop was more like wait is bosta. Yeah, they say that. And they also take off the hra and just say wista. Yes. I've seen that, I think, on stop signs before. Just wista. I think in, and I could be completely wrong, they say bus 
Which I think is really, like, enough. Yeah. But it also can mean, like, if you're in a taxi and you're like, bus, uh-huh. or busa, it's like, stop that's right where here. busa yeah. and that are probably related. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, please. The, the real word is takaya, but they say bezahmet, which is Arabic. Okay. Uh, and then, what's your name? Ensorani Nawichia. And then, uh, Badini. I, I think it's the same. No, Navita Chia. Na- Navita? Navita Chia. Navita. Yeah. And that's where that va and wa come in. And then, my name is? Navi Menstiva, or Navi Menstiva. Yeah, yeah the, the va wa thing, um, I told this to some people last week. Uh, I heard the joke about it again the other day, <laughs> which uh, a Sarani speaker asked a Badini speaker, so what do your, what sound does your cat make? Is it meow or meow? <laughs> or meow, 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 meow. Yeah, instead of meow, meow, meow. Yeah, because that is a big meow. difference, of course, between mm-hmm. the two dialects. Uh-huh. Right, because just the word for water, like, is alv or ow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that got me into trouble too, because they were like, "I don't know what word you're saying. It's not a real word." And I was like, "I just want water." <laughs> <laughs> One other question I have for you that I know is something that surprised me in uh, Kurdish greetings was that it's not like an American greeting where you just say, hi, how are you? And like, like start your back and forth. Can you describe your experience of Kurdish greetings? Yeah, it's like five minutes of this asking the same questions, you know, hi, how are you? How are you? How's your family? How are your children? How's your mother? Hi, how are you? How's your children? How's, you know, they go on and on and on. And and even the leave takings when you're saying goodbye, even on the telephone, it seems like it's the same thing. And I don't think it's because they don't have anything else to do but talk. But uh, and do they? They're do longer than English. Wait for, for sure. the response. Uh, very shortly, it seems. Yeah. To me, it seemed like it was just like two people like answering, asking, mm-hmm. answering those questions like in a continuous stream, and like you could throw like in, talking over each like other, like just talking over each other, and yeah. like you could throw in anything in there, goldfish and pancakes, <laughs> and I actually tried that once, Did and you? they didn't seem to notice. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it 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 wasn't that what was being said necessarily actually mattered as long as, you know, you found out that everybody was okay. Yeah. I'm sure that varies from family to family, so I don't know that it's necessarily a lack of concern for for you, but no. it's just the it's their culture. It's I just mean. the way it's, it's like done. It's this yeah. ceremonial thing that you have to get to right. before you can start, like, having a conversation. Having a good time. Yeah. I would always laugh at my neighbors as they're on their phone and, like, pulling the phone away from their ear but still talking and just talking, 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 and then hanging up. It's like, okay. And I knew enough to hear the same word repeated over and over, and I was like, all right, you're not just, like, hanging up in the middle of conversation. And, of course, every language has those quirks. All right, now you gotta do my favorite Kurdish word, which is snail. Yeah, what was that? Hedka Shetanoka? Uh-huh. Yeah. Helka yeah. Shetanoka. Which means literally... The egg of Satan. The egg of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh so much. I think the other day after you told us about that, we, we like, mentioned it several times yes. and laughed about it very hard in our house. <laughs> yeah. Such a, such a great word. Well, I did notice that that's also the word for clam, too. So oh. I guess it's all those also- circular... Slimy things. things. I guess. Circular yeah. slimy things yeah. are the eggs of Satan. Eggs of Satan. 
Oh, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is one thing that I really love about Kurdish is it's much more descriptive, it seems like, than English is. Even the names. We were talking about this with a friend that came by the other day because he, he met my wife and was introducing his daughter and why he named his daughter that and what it meant and stuff like that. Like, for example, there's a, a friend that we all know, Shina. And I think you actually pronounce it shna, which is like like the slightest breeze or something like that. Mm-hmm. A real gentle, almost like a breath. Mm-hmm. Or, or like the, or the name, uh, or the word hanasa. Uh, I think I've heard some people name that before, but it means uh, breath. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. kanar, which is where the beach meets the water. You know, just really descriptive mm-hmm. things. And we would never call somebody beach or, right. or breath sure. or, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or revolution like they do or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, friend. Like yeah, or tear, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, I do know a kid named Friend. You do? Well, you're from the Must weird be from California. northwesty no? part of the world. Same kind of world. Okay, okay. Um, Hippie commune or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, everyone there, their name means something, and they know what their name means, yeah. and it's like, it literally means that. Like, it's the same as the word for that. So yeah, I met girls who are named after all sorts of flowers, and mountains, and breezes, and like, streams and rivers, and like, different types of water, and... And I love that about it. Yeah. So when you say, Egg of Satan, then say, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I can see it. I can see how that works. Yeah. Well... Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Yeah, it was good to be with you. I was a, I was a little disappointed at first, to be honest with you, because I thought you would say, Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Colleen. I would get to say, Hi, I'm Steve. Do you want to say, Hi, I'm Steve? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay. Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Colleen. And I'm Steve. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about... I think we should say goodbye in Kurdish, though. You can find us at Servant Group International on Facebook or Instagram or on our website at servantgroup.org. Yeah, and if you have a question that we haven't answered yet, send us an email or Facebook message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'm not on Instagram or chit chat or whatever that thing's called, but <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> but I'm sure they have resources on there. Chit would be a great name for an app. <laughs> I'm sure there probably is. There probably is. Some 17 yeah. year old's making a million dollars off of it. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt.